It's a real privilege for me to be here with you to celebrate educators. Education has been such an important part of my life. My favorite teacher, of course, is sitting in the third pew right here, my mother, and I appreciate her so much. I thought when I came in today and received this um, celebrated guest that maybe every single one of us should have one of these celebrated guests because if today the celebrated guest is educators, it's teachers, if we profess ourselves to be Christians, what did Jesus, the master teacher, call us all to be? In Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, he said to every one of us, go ye therefore into all nations and do what? Teach. I celebrate teaching. We sang that song about Jesus is our deliverer. And I thought, there was a teacher who came into our lives and taught us that there was a deliverer who could change our lives. Right, Mom? And we celebrate Evelyn Holmes today. I thank a teacher who's at a church in Dallas this morning for teaching our family about the Lord. And I celebrate the master teacher, of course, we all do, and have been lifting up Jesus. I thought about the fact that we called him healer. I celebrate Jesus the healer today. Jesus touched me six months ago and healed me of cancer. And I praise God for that. God is a healer. And I thank God for someone who taught me to believe and have faith to believe that he was indeed a healer. So I pray for Ruth today, and I thank you. Whoever Ruth is, I don't know her, but I believe God is a healer, and he heals cancer. And I think that it was appropriate that the song said, God is a deliverer. Teachers, educators, there's only five or six more weeks. God is a deliverer, and summertime is coming. So I thought, you know, how appropriate so many things about this service. We just don't know how everything all fits together, but aptly so. There's really no question that great educators have a far-reaching impact on the lives of their students. Teachers in the classrooms of our schools, college instructors and university professors, tiny tot and preschool educators, bless their brave souls, school administrators, policymakers, professional educators have many titles, but they all share at least one common purpose. Growing students who think critically and creatively, students who can analyze and draw conclusions about what they've learned, who demonstrate initiative, who make the kind of judgments that good citizens make, and the kind of decisions that define leaders in a global marketplace. That's a mouthful. Imagine trying to fulfill that mission with 18 five-year-olds for a day or with 21 teenagers for even just one hour of a class period. I'm reminded of the day that I was called away from my duties as a school principal to substitute in a first-grade classroom due to an emergency. I knew each of the students, and I knew their families, but I was accustomed to interacting with them on an individual basis as the principal, or maybe in groups of two or three, or with the teacher standing by my side managing their behavior while I received the hugs or whatever it was that they wanted to give me. But I'll have to tell you that facing that room full of first graders who had just come from the playground and they smelled like grass and wet puppies, it was a little bit scary when I looked out at that little sea of faces. And for the first few minutes, my tenure was no less than chaotic. I was bandaging a skin knee, 
passing out readers while I was trying to collect the soccer ball from those who were trying to break the tie that had happened at PE. I was um, sending a student to ask Miss Denise to reschedule the afternoon's administrative meetings, and I forgot that I needed to send another student to collect the lesson plan booklet that I had and, uh, accidentally left on the desk at the reception office in the flurry of the emergency. And all the while, I was trying to call the class to attention without you know, being too loud or getting impatient or seeming frazzled. So I was relieved when one of the little girls raised her hand and everyone got quiet to hear what she was going to say. Miss Terry, she said, my mama said she wished she had your job so she didn't have to work so hard. (laughs) I said, I'm sure your mom would be glad that you just told me that. (laughs) And I started laughing. I mean, what else was there to do? I laughed. It was a belly laugh, I'll have to tell you. And at that moment, it was just funny because... I was thinking the same thing. I was wishing that her mother or anyone else had my job that day. (laughs) After several seconds, because I couldn't stop laughing, the kids were all laughing too. And miraculously, I was patting myself on the back because we were all doing the same thing at the same time. Whether it was laughing or whatever, everybody was in working in concert. And I, I counted that as a victory. The rest of the day was great fun and, you know, There were many days that I can tell you more days than not that were great fun. Some were just school days, you know, and you just kind of get through. But that's what teaching is about, is um, celebrating those moments of victory, celebrating those wonderful moments and thanking God that they certainly do outweigh the ones that maybe we wish we had a redo. Seriously, education is not a career for the faint of heart. Just for a minute, try to recall your own childhood teachers or a favorite faculty member in high school or college. I found that most people do have especially fond members of at least one or two and maybe several teachers. Most will credit at least some of their current success to the efforts of a particularly patient or understanding or kind or persistent teacher in their past. In fact, Helen Keller, blind, deaf, and unable to speak, and who was almost completely isolated until her teacher, Ann Sullivan, came into her life, once said, It was my teacher's genius, her quick sympathy, her loving tact, which made the first years of my education so beautiful. She attempted to guide my mind on its own way, knowing that like a brook, It should be fed by mountain mountain streams and hidden springs until it broadened into a deep river. Hey, even Bill Gates, one of the world's most famous dropouts, credits the guidance of his early math and drama teachers with the founding of the company we know as Microsoft. He once said, there's no way there would have been a Microsoft without what they did. And now... He's punctuating his recognition of the impact educators made on his life by donating lots of money, staggering sums of money, to creating education opportunities across the globe. I wonder if those math and drama teachers knew just how far-reaching their influence would be. Think about that. 
before Bill Gates was ever Bill Gates, a teacher influenced him, and now just trace, I, I just had to trace my mind between a, a drama teacher and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I, that line. Teachers, we have far-reaching effects. Whether we're professional teachers or we're teachers commissioned by Matthew 28, 19, and 20, teaching is a noble, honorable, God-commissioned profession. The many wonderful educators I know take great joy in the successes of their students. They use every available window of opportunity to uncover hidden talents, awaken imaginations, inspire lifelong thirst for learning. Sounds like a lovely career, doesn't it? Inspiring greatness, unlocking world-changing resources. I'm sure every educator here would agree that participating in shaping the future like that is pretty amazing stuff. But what is it that actually ignites the fires of future success in the lives of the students might surprise you. Research shows that awe-inspiring futures are not usually built on lesson plans or on class assignments that are completed correctly or term papers submitted on time. Well, these are important elements in the overall learning process, but teachers, more often than not, influence the future not by teaching an exceptional lesson, but by touching the soul of a child the heart of a young adult with compassion, with respect, with enthusiasm, with empathy, even with humor. Let me say that in a practical way. Great teachers sometimes simply dry tears. They offer hedges of protection from humiliation. They climb over the debris left in the wake of family dysfunction, looking for ways to show appreciation and, yes, love. They slip lunch money into the hand of the hungry. They buy tennis shoes for the would-be basketball star whose after-school job paid to keep the lights at his house on. Teachers who are influencers of the future smile often to encourage and to uplift. They commend publicly. They rejoice sincerely when difficult concepts are mastered, and it's not because of the importance of the concept, but because they know that it's vital that students feel that rush of success and that they acquire a taste for it. It was our nation's own contemporary poet, Maya Angelou, who said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But what won't they forget? They will never forget how you made them feel. To me, that statement is never as true as it is in a classroom. Great educators make their students feel like winners. Like they have a future filled with opportunity and promise. To use Helen Keller's metaphor, like there exists in the future a deep river of hope and fulfilled dreams. It's such a pleasure to be in service today with so many who work so hard to build winners. Thank you, teachers, educational support staff, and administrators for understanding that education is 
way more than lesson plans, grading papers, and high-stakes testing. Thank you for your concern for the whole child, for appreciating the uniqueness of every individual, for balancing accountability and mercy, and for the thousands of unseen acts of kindness you offer our children and grandchildren each week. Thank you for reaching into hearts to build a future for our community. You are making a difference. Your efforts do have far-reaching influence, and we are grateful. God bless you.